Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Dream Job Ready. My name is Dane Sharp, I'm your host, and my guest for this episode is Laurie Holloway, who's in talent acquisition and recruitment for IT giant Cisco. Please note that the opinions of guests are their own and not those of the companies they have worked for. G'day, Laurie. Thank you so much for joining me as a guest on the Dream Job Ready podcast. Uh, a big hello, and, and how are you going? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Now you're you're a special guest, and um, I can't think of a better and more appropriate time um, to be talking to you than right now. Um, so, customer experience talent acquisition partner at Cisco. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love you to tell me first of all, before we get in the crust of what your role does, and and I guess what advice you can give job seekers and applicants out there. How did you get your dream job? You know, how did you get your job with Cisco? You know what? I actually started out as a contractor on the workforce management team where I was handling the staffing of all of our engineers and project managers within the data center, routing and switching, ACI and other technology stripes um, for uh, North and South America. And after doing that for a couple of years, um, unfortunately there were some uh, budgetary cuts and I was let go. And honestly, it ended up being a fantastic thing for me because I had been wanting to get back into HR for quite a while, but with the size of Cisco, it's kind of hard to know where to navigate outside of your organization and an opportunity presented itself and I took it and it's just been a fantastic ride thus far. So now I'm still supporting those same technology stripes that I used to do from a staffing perspective and I'm doing it over here and recruiting. So it's been, it's been a really, really good transition for me and allowed me to be more creative, again, get back into HR like I wanted, and I get to meet such wonderful people like yourself. And you are creative. You know, I've seen, uh, obviously, some of your socials now, and uh, you know, you, Thank you. you're dialing up the, um, I guess, the HR and recruitment process, which is really cool, and it's what we're going to get into today. Uh, as I said, there's, there's, from, there's no better time to, in my opinion, to speak to someone like you. Um, you know, it's not the easiest time for a job seeker or any kind of graduate leaving university or anyone that's actually, you know, lost their job recently due to, you know, the circumstances we've had uh, throughout the year. So um, let's get into the crust of it. I'd love to know, um, you know, as much detail as you can share, what's what's really involved in your role uh, of recruitment and hiring at Cisco? Um, and, and importantly, and this is what we'll, we'll break down, what advice do you have for job seekers and, and future applicants uh, into your business? Okay, sure. Well, my job involves having the necessary discussions with the hiring manager to understand the role itself 
and the impact it makes to the company. And then identify, I really drill down maybe what the key skills are associated with that particular opportunity, as well as maybe some skill gaps that might be on the team that might be you know, important for me to look for, you know, in, in applicants. So then reviewing all of the resumes that come in and making sure that those that show potential are given a pre-screen, they are passed on to the hiring manager for review. Should they move forward? That's when the interview process starts. It just depending on the team, the complexity of the role, or maybe even the level of experience required for the position. It could be anywhere from two to four interviews where you meet with people individually or maybe meet with a panel um, because I hire for technical roles and this is something for you guys out there to to be mindful of that are you know looking to get into hands-on technical roles part of the interview process does cover your technical expertise so expect to be drilled on that I mean think about it would you want a plumber to come into your home that's never touched a sink or a bathtub before, well, you have to put that in, you know, put yourself in Cisco's place. We're handling the networks of international, huge companies all over the world. And we wanna be able to put our best people on their accounts. So it's so critical for you to have those, the required technical skills in order to be successful in those roles, as well as any roles that you look to aspire to in the future. But, um, once they get through those rounds, you know, we stay in touch with those applicants and the ones that get hired. I handle, you know, the offer, getting them onboarded and so forth. And the ones that show, you know, some really good potential, but maybe weren't quite the right fit for that particular opportunity, I actually keep those folks in mind. I pass them to my coworkers that I know that have openings because you just don't want to lose that type of talent. So that's just a, a little bit of of what I do. And then the next question you had. I was just, I was actually going to break out a little bit and go, you know, obviously Cisco, to, to my knowledge, is the world's leading, you know, kind of IT and, and sort of network infra infrastructure company. And we have been for a while. So that's, a, that's another exciting thing about working there, just knowing that they are on the cusp of new technology all the time. And to my knowledge, you're helping to place sort of some of the best of the best. I, I believe it's kind of network engineers, software and you know, cloud engineers. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Like th these people, you're obviously hiring professionals in your role, you know, yes. people that have a couple of years at least experience. Um, and these, exactly. are, these are some of the heavy hitters, right? Some of those, um, you know, kind of more hands-on engineering types. So yes, my role, the roles that I hire for are for um, applicants that are typically at least two years. Okay. Out of college, and and for for you in that role, because that I'd imagine you're speaking to many people throughout the week, uh, all different shapes, sizes, experience levels, etc. Mm -hmm. um, you know what what's the what's the hardest part of you, of your role? You know that you have throughout the week. What's the what's the tough bit? Oh gosh, you never want to be the bearer of bad news. You know, letting folks know that they didn't make it through the interview process. It's people can handle not making it through round one is when they get further along through the process where it makes it more difficult to share that news. But again, um, if I know that they are a quality person and they show a lot of potential, I don't hesitate to pass those folks over 
to, you know, my colleagues or try to put them on another opening that I might have just because I feel that they might be able to be a good team player should they get the opportunity to join Cisco. No, awesome. And, and you know, we, we'll obviously break down throughout this interview, and I know you're going to be very honest in, in some of the feedback you give, which which is awesome. We'll, we'll break down kind of some of those, um, you know, real truths about what an applicant should be. You know, st- lead us in there. What, what are some super critical things a job seeker, you know, either needs to have to, to, to get a get an opportunity to kind of meet you and start that process with uh, with Cisco or, or needs to do or needs to have done in, in their resume um, in the roles okay. that you hire for? So what they need to do overall, make sure you have a good LinkedIn profile. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, we, if we don't have enough applicants that have applied to our positions, or maybe it's a niche skill set that's kind of hard to find, and I've searched my entire database and I'm still not finding anybody that's a good, good fit, I'm going to go to LinkedIn. So it's critical for you to have a fantastic profile setup. It doesn't need to be as in-depth when it comes to like your your work experiences, your resume, but it should still have those key activities, the technologies that you've touched, the skills, maybe any certifications, because that's going to allow you to pop up when I am searching through for app, you know, possible applicants within LinkedIn. Having a profile where your about section actually has some really good content in there. Just a brief synopsis of who you are and the value you can bring is going to help you a long way because it's not just recruiters from Cisco that's going to be utilizing LinkedIn, but it's recruiters everywhere. And being able to have that already set aside is going to make things a lot easier for you when you enter in the job market or if you're currently in the job market. I know that another thing with social distancing going on is a little bit hard for you to get out there and network. And that's another thing what makes LinkedIn so great because you still can network with people. So maybe follow groups uh, for companies that you're interested in or groups, you know, like women in IT or, you know, professionals in finance, whatever your area of interest is in. I guarantee you there is a LinkedIn group for you to follow. Join them. Start participating in their conversations. Um, Business publications, again, companies, uh, forums of your interests, those are going to be fantastic. Following up with people that you actually used to work with or currently work with and connecting with them. You don't know what openings have availed themselves that are outside of your purview, whether it's with a former employer or with a current employer, and maybe that person has moved on to another role. So you do want to keep those relationships alive. And by communicating through all of that, keeping up with industry trends, that's going to prepare you for the interview and giving you insight within your companies, but also keeping your name top of mind should opportunities avail themselves either with a recruiter or even with a former coworker. So those are probably the two biggest things that I would stress um, right now. In terms of your resume, get a resume writer. Okay, get a who resume better, writer. Who better to, to, to showcase you than someone whose main focus is to brand you? Utilize them. But I will stress that if you do go the route of a resume writer, they don't know you. They don't know your background. It is imperative for you to tell, give them that every all the information 
that they need to position you for success. So you're, before you go to that resume writer, you really wanna think critically about what you've done and where you want to go. It's almost and like you have to it, you have to brief that writer to you know kind of return the yeah. brief and, and deliver a, a great resume. Not for only you, right? brief them, but provide them with the necessary information too. Because again, this person is telling your story. A resume is pretty much your professional autobiography. Well, if you don't have the right information in there, am I going to find you as a recruiter? Um, am I going to overlook you? So those are the things that you really need to keep in mind when you're getting a resume writer. So in terms of looking at what you've done, think about all the jobs that you've had that are pertinent into the field of interest that you're looking to go into. Think about everything you've done at all of those positions and really think hard about things that you may have done at the beginning of a role that you may not be doing at the end of your tenure in that role. There's a lot of times that organization changes come up. Um, maybe they introduce a new system or maybe you've taken on activities. Well, it doesn't mean that you don't have those previous skill sets. So those really need to be evaluated and, you know, decide whether they're pertinent into moving into, you know, the next opportunity. And of those roles that you are interested, you know, the field of interest that you are really interested in pursuing, think about a couple of offshoots because you don't know how that position, is, what the responsibilities are at that position at, say, a Cisco versus a NetApp versus a Juniper. There may be some combined activities. Um, but you also want to set yourself up where should you decide to move into other facets in the future of that particular field of interest that you're positioned to do so with one resume without having to constantly provide different versions of it. So just keep in mind different functional areas that you want to focus on because I know you deal with a lot of um, people that are maybe just now entering the job market or even still trying to find their way. Well, you know, you, we have varied interests and you want to make sure that you showcase those as well. So getting the resume writer, but giving them all the information that they need to position you for success is going to be really important because you want to make sure that you stand out above the crowd. So good. That's so much valuable information already. Um, I want to ask you a couple of quick right or wrong, you know, quick fire questions, if I may, just um, to kind of highlight a few sure. things you talked about through there. Um, so LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn profile. Let's let's pretend said applicant doesn't have the perfect LinkedIn profile. What's better or worse, not having a LinkedIn profile at all, or having one that is incomplete and empty? I'd almost say not having one at all than one that's incomplete because again you can spend all the time you want on facebook and instagram but that's for fun yeah. why wouldn't you put forth that same you know effort with your professional profile it's not just about getting a job for now it's about making connections it's about again joining those forums and even possibly exploring what opportunities are out there, even if you're not interested in looking right now, just to know maybe what certifications you'd need to get or the jobs that you need to take for that to get there on your career path. So it's just important to have that set up. And I will admit, I mean, I had mine set up 
kind of all right prior to getting into recruiting and I didn't really utilize it to its full capability. Um, but now seeing the value that it can bring, I mean, case in point, this wonderful opportunity to, to speak on your podcast, it's, it's critical right now, especially with so many people that are unemployed right now. It's, it's something that is really worth you spending your time on. So I'd say it would be worse not to have. Um, it would be worse to have one that's incomplete than not have one at all. Okay, great to know. Um, yes or no, should I put my LinkedIn profile on my resume to you know, make it easier yes. for you? Yes. Okay, perfect. It's great to put your LinkedIn profile on your resume, but don't use your LinkedIn profile in lieu of your resume. A lot of people, I've seen this, where they apply to Cisco jobs, they don't upload a resume. They only attach the LinkedIn profile well if the profile is incomplete, you're not really giving me much reason to take the extra step to contact you. And that's if I can get in contact with you via LinkedIn. Um, and then if you do have a, a good LinkedIn profile, I can't pass that to a hiring manager. I have to actually have a resume to give them just the way that our system works. So. Both of them are important, but don't use one over the other, especially when it comes to application systems like Cisco uses, and I'm sure other companies use as well. Awesome. I'm going to bring, um, I, do a, I do a student question of the week in every episode, um, and I picked one sure. out, uh, which, I, which I usually hold towards the end of the, the podcast, but I'm going to bring it forward because it's super relevant right now. Uh, the student's name is Rosie, uh, and she has asked... Do I need to include a cover letter with my application if it doesn't specify? You can. I think cover letters are great. The only the only situation that I would say with that is if you are applying to multiple jobs in multiple functional areas, you really kind of want your your cover letter to be specific to that role so it makes it a little bit hard to say you know i'm really excited about this opportunity in supply chain but i'd love to have the opportunity to work for you in sales or fine you see what i mean so it kind of makes it difficult if you are actually submitting to one job fantastic if you're doing it for multiple i would probably leave it off and then also the way that our tool is set up, it separates the cover letter from the resume unless you do it in one file. So instead of having two files, you would need to put it in one file for the hiring manager to see your cover letter. And then again, if you've applied to multiple positions, then that a tech, you know, a manager, you know, hiring for engineers, seeing a cover letter for finance is going to be a little bit thrown off. So just just think strategically and wisely on how you plan on applying and let that be the deciding factor as to whether you add a cover letter or not. Perfect. And one more quick fire one I've got for you, because this was a this was something I discussed with um, a guest I had uh, in episode three, Carolyn Breeze, and she brought this up. and I thought it was a really interesting uh, subject matter and, and her mindset around it was really interesting. We're talking about um, you know, the fact that there are platforms like LinkedIn now that um, mean we're all connected, even if I don't know you and I'm going for a job, it's so easy to learn more about me than just that cover letter and resume. 
one thing that it does do is expose um, skill sets, um, which which can be kind of mistreated if, if you haven't completed them properly. But let's say if someone has done their kind of judiciary of filling out their LinkedIn as well as they could, um, when you see a, a role, you, you're told by LinkedIn that you've got eight out of the 10 skills required. What's your tip for an applicant that has, has done their best to fill out their LinkedIn, sees that number come up, and if it isn't 10 out of 10, which a lot of the times it isn't because there's so many different skill words you can add and you can only mm-hmm. add 50 in most profiles. If it does say 7 out of 10, would you advise that applicant to talk to the three that I guess aren't ticked or all 10 of them or ignore them? I'd love your opinion on that. Uh, and I'll tell you, you know, what Carolyn's opinion was afterwards. So you're saying when they – so they're finding jobs – jobs are being matched to them based on their skill set on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, and I come up, so it's a role, you know, it's for X, Y, and Z at Cisco. I read it, I read the JD, it sounds awesome, sounds exactly like me, but there up in the corner it says that I meet eight out of ten skills required. Would you advise me, and this is probably where I'm leading, Carolyn made a good point. Carolyn was like, I attack that. I, I talk to the fact that I may not have that skill yet and that's something I'm excited to learn or I do have mm-hmm. that skill. It's not on my LinkedIn, but here's two examples of where I put that skill into action. Um, what, what's your advice for, for someone that matches? I, I totally agree. If you find a position that you match, you know, at least 70%, by all means, apply. And of that 70%, it needs to be the required skill set, not necessarily the nice to have. So just be mindful of that. Um, but certainly, yes, if you have at least 70%, by all means, apply. Should you move forward, be prepared to discuss the 30% that you don't have, what you've been doing to attain those skills. Maybe you're currently in training right now, so you're learning it, you just don't have it yet. So that's not a bad thing, but that because that also shows growth and the willingness to develop an initiative. So if you are training on all those things right now, that's fantastic. Or show where you do plan on getting that knowledge and be prepared to speak to it. It may be the 30% that you may be missing. You may not just be, you may have those skills, but you may not be at the level that they want. We'll go ahead and study them because they're asking for those skills for a particular reason. And there's an opportunity, if the opportunity presents itself, you really may actually get the job. If the hiring manager sees something in you, they might be willing to develop that skill gap. But you definitely want to present yourself accurately because, again, the last thing you want to do is affect your credibility with that hiring manager or possibly that recruiter by presenting yourself as something that you are not. So just be cognizant of that. But by all means, if you meet at least 70%, go ahead and apply. Just be mindful that you will have to explain the 30%. And it could very well be that you have attained those skills through another industry, through another type of job. And that's why I was saying earlier with you know, with a resume writer, just think so critically about your skills because those are the ones that you know, that way you can better explain them. It's your, all your transferable skills. And when I say transferable skills, I'm talking about like data analysis. It doesn't matter if you're looking at data from finance or if you're looking at tech data. It's being able to gather it, disseminate it, and analyze it. Um, time management, leadership skills, 
those are all transferable skills that you literally could take to every single job, but you have to be able to understand what your hard skill set is and what your soft skill set is and then what your your transferable skill set is. So then that way it's easier for you to identify what you need to focus on to prepare for your interview as well as how to better present yourself. That's awesome. Um, and, I, and I'm glad that you, you, know, you, you mentioned hard and soft skills there because I wanted to speak specifically to um, you know, the types of roles that you hire for because you know, not only is Cisco a, a giant and very successful company, you obviously have a great culture and great people and you know, your you company do. wins accolades like you know, best workplace um, you know, in the world. Um, I, I think I saw back in 2019, world's best workplace. Um, you know, when, when you're meeting, especially in, in your role where you're almost one of the, I imagine the first um, kind of gate to talk to some of these people, um, knowing that they'll go on and probably get into the real technical side of the job application with, um, you know, with, with, with their role manager and other people in the business. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What are the soft skills you're looking for, um, you know, today uh, to make sure that you're, you know, getting that right cultural fit as well from from that person uh, in the application? Okay, um, if you're looking to get into any type of a technology role, the capacity and the ability to learn are critical. I mean, think about how much technology has changed since the first iPhone came out to the one that's now. So people had to stay on, you know, stay up on their game when it comes to technology because things are constantly changing. And with that evolution, a lot of 
areas are being combined. It's no longer strictly routing and switching. It's no longer strictly data center. A lot of things are intertwining as as you know our clients' networks become more intricate and as well as our solutions become more multifunctional. So I mean again think about it like your your cell phone. When I sold cell phones and I'm dating myself in the 90s, they just made phone calls and that was it and it was a bit oh gosh yeah you're it's in a big old bag like this <laughs> or if you're lucky it hooks onto your car and and now it's a mini computer it's a camcorder it's a phone it's a stereo it i mean it does all of these things that we would never have dreamed that it would have done so you could just imagine that's what's gonna that's what how the technology the it you know, field is going to look like and has been looking like since then. So having, being able to have skills that you're gonna be able to use elsewhere that are multifunctional, um, having soft, strong, um, strong, soft skills, the ability to communicate written and verbally are crucial. You are speaking to people of all different experiences, all different, skill sets and knowledge bases and being able to speak just as confidently to a CIO as you would to someone like me who is not very tech savvy. So and being able to break down that information and put it in a way that both people can understand is is of is invaluable. Um, I deal with engineers that I like to call them the heroes. I handle the uh, technical consulting engineers. And if your network went down, that those are the guys that you're gonna call the firefighters. They go into your system, they figure out what's going on, and then they put together the um, remediation plan. So to have a job like that, again, you have to have amazing communication skills because you need to be able to pull information out of that frazzled person who just alerted you that the you know that the network went down and if you can't do some of the steps remotely you need to be able to tell them what to do so it's it's about gathering information giving instruction and then making sure that the situation is resolved being able to de-escalate problems. I mean, that's a really big thing that's going to go along with your communication skills as well. Um, I deal with people from all over the world, and it's not about accent. It's about articulation. Mm -hmm. The clearer you speak, regardless of the accent, people are going to be able to understand you. So just be cognizant of that if you're looking at employment maybe in another country where your accent is not as prevalent there making sure that you enunciate and speak slowly so that people can understand you because it's never the accent it's we always get caught up in our, our you know our speech cadence and someone who's not familiar with that accent is going to have a harder time being able to understand that um being able to be a professional and just putting the customer first. I mean, by putting the customer first, it's not being a yes man. It's actually being able to take care of them, but also tell them the truth. Yeah. You know, hey, this is not going to work. Maybe we need to try this way. So just being open and honest and establish yourself as a trusted advisor with strong communication skills, you know, and back it up with the technical expertise will certainly get you far and really position you 
to leadership positions as well, because that becomes more and more important as your career advances. I, I, I love that you've, you've hit home communication. Um, it, it's always been such an important thing, but today it, the, the need to communicate with such a bigger, diverse group of people than ever before, you know, no, no more is it oh, that the CEO's on, you know, 12 stories up in the building and you never get to, to go in his room. You know, we've got virtual calls, we've got, you know, all mm-hmm. hands meetings, you know, you, you're connected to so many different parts of the business more than ever before. So really supportive of what you've said about communication and 100% agree. And the other one I really liked and, um, you know, is that kind of growth mindset and that active learning. Um, you know, that, I think that's so critical. And, and uh, you know, it, it's in, in some ways it's become a bit of a sort of a buzz term, but it's, it's so important now. None of us are, uh, you know, on that assembly line doing the same one thing uh, day in and day out for seven years. Exactly. Um, so stuff moves so quick. Uh, times move quick, so quick, technology moves so quickly, and, and we need to be uh, in front of it as much as we can, or at least keeping up with it. Uh, that, that's really awesome, Laurie. Um, look, let's let's take that thinking and, and those important elements and, and kind of bring it into some work and, and you've been doing recently. Um, it was the initiative that got us connected. Um, you know, I saw a post <laughs> on LinkedIn and I was um, super excited about it. Um, it was called the Give Back to Get Back on Track Um project initiative you, you talked to that in a sec um i'd love to know where it came from how it started i know why but but i'll let you talk to it um and most importantly how how did it go and and how was it received across uh you know those people that you you were able to connect with and, and hopefully assist sure you know with everything going on our leadership in in hr they saw how the hospitality and the hotels and the, you know, the food services, you know, industries were hit so hard um, when COVID struck and they really just wanted to do something that would help people. And thankfully our CEO granted us, you know, an additional five days where we could devote our time to virtually give back. So it was between those internal leadership discussions coupled with the extra five days that we were granted, where they just decided, you know what, maybe it would be a good idea for us to come up with some kind of initiative to help these people out. And we're doing it in North America, really all over the globe. Um, It's just been really, really rewarding helping people really just put things into perspective. Sometimes you get so used to being in one area for so long that you don't realize that the value that you can bring to another area. And and it goes along with what I was discussing earlier with the transferable skills. These people in hospitality, I mean, the customer service skills that they have are going to be, you know, of the highest caliber compared to, you know, maybe some areas and being able to fit those people in to new industries is going to be something that might be a little bit scary for them because you're taking them out of their comfort zone, but you really could be in a position to set them up for success and introduce them to another area that maybe they didn't even think that they were qualified for, but kind of are. So it's just been really rewarding to to help those that are in need and with us being in human resources, I mean, we're uniquely positioned to do so. So it's just been a, a great experience and I'm so happy that they've extended the time on it as well. 
Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure that, um, you know, it's been rewarding for you and, and, and an opportunity oh, to learn for you as well. You know, obviously chat with some people, as you said, outside of the, the everyday industry that you, that you work in. So, um, you know, massive congrats on that is- initiative. Uh, and I'm glad it's gone so well. And I'm glad that, um, you know, I, I think even if you can help one person, that's that's doing something exactly. right. That's super important. But I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it's, um, you know, allowed you guys to reach a whole stack of people around the world. So uh, well done on that. Super impressive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I honestly could sit here and ask you a, a billion questions for the next uh, billion hours on, on uh, application processes and job seeking and, um, you know, positioning yourself as kind of that number one applicant but um i know that you're a busy lady um you've got plenty to do over there and, and no doubt got some uh some great talent to uh to sort through and, and hire for cisco so um really big thanks for joining me on the podcast laurie you've been awesome um some great Thank advice you. my absolute pleasure yeah some great advice for uh for, for any job seeker out there, I think no matter what their experience level. Um, so I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, again, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Dane. Thank you for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.